Amen. Isn't it good to be in the presence of God? I'm so excited that we can gather as one body, as one church, albeit in many locations. And um, in my spirit, I'm really excited because I know that God is up to something. Uh, I can't wait to hear the testimonies of what God is doing in your small groups. I am told that we have about 12 groups that have already been set up uh, where people are gathered right now and they are watching the service as we uh, live stream or broadcast in one way or another into the groups. I'm excited about a group even uh, starting in Cannon Rocks. We have a group that has just been launched in Cannon Rocks uh, to accommodate the people that are in, uh, coming from Kenton uh, people that are in Bushmans and those surrounding areas. So, hey, we, we, we really believe that God is about to do something big in our town. We really believe that God is about to break through in revival in the world. And um, we want to encourage you to remain true to small groups and just see what God will do. Uh, I know in the beginning of the year, I did, I did say that this was going to be a momentous year. I, I did say that God was going to use this year to launch us into greater things. And that this is perhaps the greatest decade of the church. And um, right now my spirit is excited because I think this, all this is a divine setup for God uh, to move in a mighty way. This morning I'm also reminded of the scripture from uh, Colossians chapter number 2 and verse 5. Uh, Paul is writing to the Colossians and he says to them, uh, Even though I am absent in the flesh, I am present with you in the spirit. And uh, this morning I kind of sense that in as much as we are in different uh, locations and I might not be physically there with you, but in my spirit we have been praying and we've been trusting God that we will remain one. And so in the spirit I know that we are one. For the past couple of weeks I've been doing a series uh, on excellence and we've been dealing with the spirit of excellence. But I really believe in view of what God is doing in this season, in this present moment, I'm going to take a, a, a detour or deviate, as it were, from the series for a couple of weeks. And I'm just going to focus on what I believe God is saying in this season and in this hour. It goes without question that the world right now is riddled with fear. The world is, is riddled with fear. Everybody is afraid. Uh, people don't know what's happening. And um, this coronavirus has caused nations to literally shut down. Uh, economies of the world are being affected, businesses are being affected, uh, families uh, uh, are being affected, people are separated uh, because of this virus. And so we really want to trust God for a mighty breakthrough in this season. And when the world is desperate or full of fear, we need, according to A.W. Toza, we need a fearless church. A fearless church. And I believe this is a time for us as, as Christians to rise up and be fearless. While scientists are, uh, are busy trying to look for a cure or a remedy of some sort uh, to, to, to overcome this coronavirus, I really believe that as a church, we need to be pressing deeper into the things of the Lord. As a church, we need to be searching in the spirit because we know that Jesus is the answer. We know that there are spiritual solutions to the physical problems that we face. And so um, day and night, I'm told that scientists, uh, especially those in the medical field, are, are researching. They're doing everything. They throw in everything they've got to try and find a solution or a cure uh, or a remedy of some sort over this virus. And so if we, the church, take our mandate seriously, we 
we ought to be investing time in prayer. And like Nathan rightfully said, we need to be coming together and we need to be fasting. We need to be praying. We need to be reading the word of God. We need to be searching the scriptures to hear what God has to say for us in this season. And I believe that there is a spiritual um, a cure or a spiritual response to the problems that we are facing right now. When, when people are going through hard times, when there is a crisis, whenever there is a crisis, people tend to wonder. When there is a crisis, people tend to wonder. Uh, people will begin to ask questions and they ask difficult questions. Even people that don't believe in God are beginning to ask, where is God? Like, you don't believe in God, but they're like, where is God right now? Why does God allow people to go through uh, suffering? And difficult questions are uh, often raised in times of crisis. Even as people of faith, we tend to wonder. I've been in a season of late where I've been wondering about the things that I believe. Uh, when, I, when I'm doing uh, funerals or when I find myself in difficult moments, I tend to wonder. I ask myself, do I really believe the things that I teach? Do I really believe the things that I confess? And, and there's nothing wrong with wondering. There's nothing wrong with wondering. But we ought to wonder from a place of faith. Because when you wonder in faith, your, your wondering will lead you into discovery. Everything that has been invented was because somebody wondered. In fact, if somebody finds the cure for, for the coronavirus, do you know what is the secret they were wondering. I wonder. I wonder if we try this. I wonder if we do this. I wonder if we challenge this thought. I wonder if this, because of wondering, they are going to find a cure. And so we need to wonder in faith so that we can find spiritual solutions to the problems we face. So my question is, if you are wondering, are you wondering in faith or are you wondering in fear? Because if you're wondering in fear, believe me, you will wander away from God. But if you're wondering in faith, you are going to discover the reality of Psalm 91. You are going to see things that you have been reading in the scriptures coming to pass in your life. One thing I know for a fact is in these times, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith. If you are wondering and you are not fixed on Jesus, you are going to wander away. It's time for us to fix our focus, to fix our eyes, to be attentive on what God is doing right now. You see, when, when, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we become like Peter. We are able to walk on water. We are able to do the impossible if our eyes are fixed on Jesus. But if we lift our eyes or we move our eyes, if we shift our eyes from him, we will begin to doubt. We will begin to sink. So we need to keep, make sure that our eyes are focused on Jesus. Our eyes should not be focused on what the world is saying. I, I know there are many people that can't wait every morning. They're getting up to, to check the news to hear what is the media saying, what is the latest development, and, and they are so fixed on the media reports. And they wonder why there is no faith in their hearts and there is so much fear, because the media is full of frightening things. If you fix your eyes on the media, you will be wandering further and further away from what you believe. 
But if you get up every morning and say, my eyes are fixed on Jesus. My eyes will remain on Christ. It doesn't matter what happens. You see, if, if you have fear in your heart right now, somebody might cough in your small group. Maybe they might sneeze. And, and you start wondering, uh, is that corona? Uh, you start wondering, uh, are we now infected? Are we going to be safe? Because if you're, in, if you're wondering from a place of fear, it will drive you further and further away from God. But when you're wondering in terms of faith, you'll be asking, is this an opportunity for us to lay hands and people get healed? Is this an opportunity for us to, uh, to, to, to preach the truth and see the things that God has promised come into pass? I want to talk a little bit today about abiding, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. My subject is the divine shadow, the divine shadow. Uh, the Bible speaks in Psalm 91. I want to read for you Psalm 91. Very powerful portion of scripture. The Bible says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And that's what I want to focus on, the shadow of the Almighty. This divine shadow. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely, beyond a shadow of doubt, I don't know if, if you believe this, but, but the scripture says, surely he shall deliver you. And so you have to be convinced that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we face, surely God will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the uh, perilous pestilence. You will deliver us from coronavirus. We have to be convinced because this is what the word of God says. And verse 4 says, He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that fl flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall by your side and ten thousand by your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked. So these things, these are promises that we have to believe. We, it shall not come near to us. I'm, I'm glad I, I was listening this uh, uh, earlier this week and I, uh, I heard the minister say, so far there is no confirmed case of corona in the Eastern Cape. And we are trusting that it's not coming. We have to put our faith up. And I'm even going further and saying, Port Alfred, we will not have a case of coronavirus. We shall hear, we shall see with our eyes, but it shall not come near to us. And we have to believe it. it, it it's not because God is passing judgment on the wicked or people that are affected are wicked. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that as a church, we have to believe the word of God. And I am not afraid because the word of God says, I will see with my eyes, but it shall not come close to me. And I have to believe it. Do you believe it? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I believe that God allows us to wander, but he wants us to remain or to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So in other words, he's saying, if you want to wander, it's okay to wander, but do not wander out of my covering. 
Remain under the shadow of the Almighty. No matter what is happening, no matter what you hear, no matter how many questions you have, remain under the shadow of the Almighty. And as long as you're under the shadow of the Almighty, you will be safe. As long as you remain under the shadow of the Almighty, He will become your refuge and your fortress. As long as you remain. You see, the, the, the scientists that are trying to, um, to find a remedy for the coronavirus, they are not wandering in the realm of agriculture right now. They're not like, oh, let's, let's see how, how our crops are going to grow next year. No, that's not, they know that this is not what we need to be focusing on right now. So all their attention is in the medical field. That's where their attention is. And they are wandering, wandering within that dimension. And that's how they will find the solution. That's how they'll find a cure. But you see, when, what happens with the church? When we are wandering, when we have questions, when we are curious, when, when we've got things that we don't understand, we start wandering in the things of the world. We come out of the covering of the Lord and we start wandering in the realm of science. I'm here, I'm hearing some Christians trying to be scientists now. They, they're trying to explain things scientifically. And like, hey, shut up, brother. You don't know. Leave, leave the scientist to do what the scientist is, is, is uh, trained to do. But we need to wander in the realm of the spirit because the scientist is not wandering in the realm of the spirit because they're not qualified to wander in that realm. They've got nothing. They, they don't have the frame of reference that we have. And so as Christians, we need to stay within this covering of the Almighty and say, I am going to wander. Yes, I'm going to ask questions. Yes, I'm even going to doubt, but I'm going to remain under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to remain under this divine covering because as long as you are under this divine covering, things will go well for you. God says, here are the parameters. Stay in my word, stay in my Bible, stay in the truth, you'll find me. But we start looking at extra biblical material and we're like, we're looking for answers. I'm listening to Dr. Phil and I'm looking for answers. Uh, how are you going to find God when you are on, out of this shadow of the Almighty? So we need to remain under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow of the Almighty represents the truth. I want to talk about this because it's important. It represents a number of things. So it's a mystery. It also represents truth. Um, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 51 and verse 16, and I will put my words in your mouth. Or rather, I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. I have put my words in your mouth and I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. So when God wants to cover you with, the, with his shadow or the shadow of his hand, he first gives you his word, the truth. So how, how do you stay under the, the covering of the Lord? You confess what God has already given you. The word that you have hidden in your heart. In this time, this is not the time to say, well, I'm not sure if God can heal coronavirus. I'm not sure if God wants to heal. No, all these years you have believed that God is the healer. This is the time to confess what you have always believed. And you will stay under that shadow. But if you start confessing another story or another truth or a lie rather, you're going to wander away from the shadow of his hand. We need to hold on to the truths that we have believed. I, I think we need to come to a place like Paul where we say, I am fully persuaded. 
I am fully convinced beyond a shadow of doubt. I know in whom I have believed. You must be fully convinced that God is able to heal. You must be fully convinced that God will watch over us and he will protect us. So, the idea of this truth in your mouth becomes a shadow or the the shadow of his hand. What are you saying right now? Are you confessing truth? What is coming out of your mouth casts a shadow over you. If you are speaking words of fear, I promise you there's a shadow of fear over you. If you are speaking words of death, there's a shadow of death over you. You're almost like, oh, I don't want to hug anybody. I don't want to greet anybody. And the more you say that, you carry this shadow. When, when, you, when you come into the presence of others, like there are some people right now, if maybe, if, if, if the truth be told, when they walked into the room, they're kind of like, oh, today I'm not greeting anyone. It means there's a shadow. And people start, people start avoiding you because there's a shadow that you are carrying. I want to carry the shadow of truth. The other day when, uh, uh, when, when I walked in, I, I know we have to be wise and I'm not saying we must be foolish and things like that. But all I'm saying is I am not going to allow fear to cast this shadow. I'm not going to move around under this shadow of fear. People are moving around with the shadow of fear. The other day I met somebody and they're like, oh yeah, you can't, you can't come close to me uh, because I'm, uh, you know, I'm a little bit fluey. I'm like, no, just give me a hug. Jesus went, Jesus went into, in, into communities of people that had leprosy. He didn't say, oh yeah, you, you've got leprosy, you're unclean, I cannot come into, in, in, into contact with you. He moved with the shadow of faith that no matter where he got, whatever environment God placed him in, the shadow was of the Almighty, the hand of God. Under that shadow, there was no sickness, there was no disease. How, you must know that leprosy was like highly contagious. And people would say, shout unclean from a, while you're still a, a, from a, a, a far from, from a distance. Like you're like, I've got corona, stay away from me. And, and, and Jesus would say, I've got a shadow of life over me. The shadow of the Almighty is over me. Come, let me give you a, a, a hug. In the Old Testament, watch me, watch me, because I, 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 I know it's going to sound a little bit uh, foolish in the ears of the world, but in the ears of the spiritual, this is truth. In the Old Testament, if you came into contact with somebody with leprosy, you were contaminated and considered unclean. But in the New Testament, Jesus went into communities where people were unclean. And because he had the different shadow, the people became clean. Uh, th- th- this, this, this is a part to say amen right there. You, 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 you need to believe that when Jesus went into communities where people were unclean, when he left the community, they were clean. Why can't we operate with this level of faith that we can come into contact with people that have the disease, whether it's confirmed or not, and trust that something of the shadow that I carry will bring healing over them? Uh, The church has to rise up and the church has to begin to, to shine in times of darkness. The church has to be fearless in times of fear. So, In Mark chapter number 4 and verse 30, the Bible says, Then he said to them, he gives them a parable, To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? Or or with what parable shall I picture it? Then he says in verse 31, It is like a mustard seed 
which when it is sown on, on the ground is smaller than all the seeds of the earth. But when it, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs, shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shadow. Here's what God said to me. When we take the truth and we plant it into our hearts, it might be just like as a, 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 a small as a mustard seed. But if you plant faith in your heart, it will grow and outgrow all the fears that are around you. And it will become a mighty tree and it will begin to cast out branches. Then people will come and find refuge under the shadow of the truth that you have in your heart. You can comfort people who are afraid if only you plant seeds of faith inside your heart. It's pointless for us to try as a church to go out to a fearful world and try and encourage them if in our hearts we have fear. They will sense the fear. They will see the fear. They will know that you're just saying empty words. But we have to believe the truth. The shadow represents the house of God. Isaiah chapter number 4 and verse 5. Isaiah 4 and 5 says, Then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion and above her assemblies of Mount Zion a cloud and a smoke by uh, a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for over all the glory there will be a covering then verse 6 says and there will be a tabernacle for a shadow there will be a temple for a shadow in daytime from the heat for a place of refuge and for a shelter from storm and rain. God says there is going to be a tabernacle. There is going to be a church. No matter what the world faces, no matter what situation the world is going through or facing, God promised that there will always be a tabernacle. There will always be a church. There is always going to be a house where you can run into and you are saved. Oh, I feel like preaching at this point. I, I, I sense that What God is doing right now is he wants to create shelters, cities of refuge all over Port Alfred. Cities of refuge all over the world. You see, people used to say, well, I can't go to church or I don't like that church. But what God has decided to do in his wisdom is to allow us to put cities of refuge all over the city. Oh, thank you, Jesus. All over the city, you are going to have church happening next door. The heathen that said, I will never go to church, is going to see the hand of the Lord manifesting right next door. And, and, and what's going to happen is the church is no longer just this building. It's going to be these cities of refuge, these places where people will run together. And that's why we are encouraging you not to stay away from the gathering of the saints, not to neglect the gathering of the saints. Because when we come together, we are creating cities of refuge. Places where we can invite the community and say, come, there is a place, there is a place where there is a shelter, there is a place where you can find covering, there is a place where the heat will not scorch you, where coronavirus will not touch you. 
where the rain and the storms of this world will not affect you. The house of the Lord is this shadow. He says, I will make sure that there is a temple that will cast a shadow. And this shadow will be our refuge. Sounds like Psalm 91, doesn't it? This shadow is going to be our refuge. I want to challenge you, no matter how difficult it gets, remain under the shadow. Keep coming to church. Let's keep gathering. If, if, if this shutdown lasts for a, for a month or more, let's keep gathering. Let us not neglect the gathering. Let's remain under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. The house of the Lord can become your refuge. Well, when everybody is like, I'm staying away because I don't want to be infected, I'm running to the house of the Lord and say, I'm going to find refuge in the house of the Lord. I'm going to find protection in the house of the Lord. Here's my bottom line challenge. Do you really believe Psalm 91? Do you really believe? Or these are things that we confess when everything is fine. You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, the Lord is my, is, is, is my fortress because everything is fine. There's, there's, there are no viruses. There's no trouble in the world. But if we really believe Psalm 91, this is a time for us to step out. This is a time for us to live fearlessly. And a fearless church is going to win a fearful world. On Tuesday when we were praying, I heard the Lord say, while the world is running away from the coronavirus, he wants to release healing over sickness and disease. You see, the world is like, oh, run away, we're going to get infected. And God is saying, run to me, I'm releasing healing. And it's not just about the coronavirus, it's like any sickness, any disease. Do you really believe that God is your healer? Because what I'm trusting, what I'm believing for, is that while the world is running away and trying to isolate themselves, we will press deeper into God and people will come into our cities of refuge and find real healing. And I'm saying, I am even want to speak prophetically into the groups right now. If you are not feeling well, we're going to go into some time of ministry just now. And if you're not feeling well, I want us to stretch our faith this morning. I really want us to stretch our faith and begin to exercise what we have always professed. He is our healer. We shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm, I'm anticipating testimonies of healing coming out of our small groups. Because that will be the proof of our faith. Healing is not just for those who are sick in body. There are those that have been infected. I said earlier, there are many people that are infected by fear or many more infected by fear than by the coronavirus. And I'm believing God for healing. That God will heal our hearts 
and you'll restore faith into our hearts. I'm trusting that those who are anxious, I sense that with all the things that we're listening to daily, you know, almost now if you, if you just scroll on any social media uh, uh, platform, you're going to hear somebody talking about the coronavirus. You're going to see something about the coronavirus. And God is saying, I want you to fix your eyes on Christ so that you will build your faith. And there are some people that have been anxious and are already anxious because of what you're focusing on. And I believe that this morning, God wants you to fix your eyes once again on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And let's see healing taking place. I really want to encourage you to take some time to pray for one another and to minister to one another in your small groups. I might not be there to physically lay hands on you, but the Bible does not say that the hands of the pastor. It says believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So if there's anyone who's sick in your group, I want you as a group to stretch out your faith, stretch out your hand, and begin to trust God for healing over that person right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. We thank you that your word never returns, returns to you void, but it always accomplishes that which you have sent it for. Right now, I know, God, that you sent for this word to alleviate fear. You sent for this word to cast out the spirit of fear. I pray right now, as ministry begins to happen in the groups, and I'm, I'm asking life group leaders to begin to just facilitate whatever God is doing in your group. Whoever is in charge, all the leaders that we have in place, just begin to facilitate whatever God wants to do in your group. I'm, I'm commanding the spirit of fear to lift. I'm commanding sickness and disease to lift right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now, let sickness and disease lift. Father, I pray for miraculous uh, healings taking place in small groups that when they get into public places and begin to testify of healing, the world will know that the Lord is our healer. So Father, do it right now. We command sickness and disease to flee now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray for peace in our hearts. I pray right now every troubled mind. I rebuke depression. I rebuke anxiety in the mighty name of Jesus. There are some people that depression is settling in. They're now depressed because of what they're going through and and, and the, the, the negativity that is around them. But Father, today I rebuke depression in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now, I pray that there may be a miraculous lift. The people that came with this weight and this heaviness on their shoulders, let it lift right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I even pray for those that are watching via live stream and they may be just tuned in right now and they are depressed. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, do something, cause that heaviness to lift right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare that our God is our healer. Our God is able to heal. His hand is mighty and his hand is mighty to save. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.